Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us right off the top here on a Tuesday at 6 o'clock for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning Governor Scott will deliver his final State of the State address, and SpaceX's classified satellite launch has failed. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. We'll have a tale of two collegiate football national champions, Alabama and our UCF Knights. And what do you think of Oprah for president? Let's talk on this half hour of Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. Governor Rick Scott will deliver his final State of the State address today. The speech will kick off the new legislative session in Tallahassee. During this speech, Scott is expected to mention his accomplishments from his two terms in office, including reducing state unemployment from almost 11 percent to about 4 percent. Scott must leave office because of term limits. The governor's speech is scheduled for 11 o'clock this morning. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump's attorneys are reportedly in talks with the special counsel in the Russia investigation about an interview with the president. The Trump legal team is looking at a number of options, including having the president fill out a written questionnaire or sign an affidavit saying he was innocent of any wrongdoing instead of a face-to-face interview. Sources uh, tell NBC News the lawyers want to know whether Trump would be interviewed directly by Mueller, where the interview would take place, the topics, and how long it would take. In the meantime, the Trump administration is responding to a possible 2020 challenge from Oprah Winfrey. Spokesman Hogan Gidley said the White House welcomes the challenge from Oprah Winfrey or anybody else. Aboard Air Force One yesterday, Gidley said President Trump will, quote, absolutely run for re-election. Speculation about Winfrey running is hot after her speech about sexual abuse, racism, and press freedom at Sunday's Golden Globes. And we're going to be talking about Oprah and whether or not she would run, whether or not she could win. I think she could be formidable, no question about it. But there are lots of questions, and we still don't know whether she will ultimately uh, jump in. What do you think? I, I I don't know, because for years she has said that she she wouldn't even consider it. And now word is that, you know, she's been pressured for months by very close friends. And now she's seriously considering it. And boy, that speech of the Golden Globes lit everybody up. It was really something. And it really did sound presidential, did it not? It, it did. And yeah. a new day on the horizon, they're already saying could be, um, you know, her campaign slogan. Yeah, could well be. We'll talk uh, Oprah for president uh, later in this hour. Questions are being raised about the fate of a secret government spacecraft launched from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station on Sunday night. Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal are reporting that the Zuma satellite failed to separate from SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket and burned up in the Earth's atmosphere. SpaceX and Northrop Grumman, the maker of the satellite, both say they don't comment on confidential missions. However, SpaceX did say that its data indicates the Falcon 9, quote, performed nominally. Today marks a somber anniversary for the local law enforcement community and really the community at large. It was exactly one year ago today that Orlando Police Lieutenant Deborah Clayton and Orange County Deputy Norman Lewis were killed while in pursuit of murder suspect Markeith Lloyd. Some events are planned to honor the officers, including a public legacy walk this afternoon in Orlando's Washington Shores neighborhood. The family members of both officers will be part of the event at 4. The University of Alabama is your 2018 college football national championship team. The Crimson Tide defeated SEC rival Georgia 26-23 in an overtime thriller in Atlanta last night. 
Regular time finished with a score of 20-20. Students and other fans went wild. <laughs> Celebrating in the streets of Tuscaloosa for hours after the victory. We're expecting our market president to be among them. It was Alabama coach Nick Saban's sixth career national championship, his fifth with Alabama. But finally, Alabama may be the winner of the college football playoff national championship after feeding Georgia in overtime. But, hey, don't tell that to fans of the University of Central Florida. Yeah. Thousands of them packed Church Street in downtown Orlando last night for that block party to celebrate the night's undefeated season. Banners proclaimed UCF the real national champions. Got a key from the uh, key to the city from Mayor Orlando Buddy Dyer. Earlier in the day, Governor Rick Scott issued a proclamation also declaring the Knights to be the champs and invited them to Florida's capital city of Tallahassee. And as I say, we have a tale of two national champs, and we're going to hear the final play of that stunning victory by Alabama over Georgia, coming back from the dead to win that game. And then we're going to um, be there for the championship trophy presentation uh, at Church Street for the UCF Knights. It's all coming up. We'll hear them both. All right. Well, WFLA News Time at 6.06, and you can read about a principal who channels his inner Mariah Carey to announce a snow day. A really? viral video of this principal wearing a fur hat and singing Mariah Carey. <laughs> you can only get it at 1025WFLA.com. Of course. Of course. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The Bud Man here, the Deb Meister in the control room, Yaffe. Stephanie's screening calls, 407-916-5400. Text line open at 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to get into the uh, uh, Alabama victory. We're going to get into the UCF block party and championship trophy presentation, courtesy of our buddies down the hallway at our sports station, 96.9 The Game. Uh, and then Oprah, for president, don't discount how formidable she could be. You want to win a thousand bucks? That's what's coming right up. Stay tuned now for our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for the key word of the hour, then text that word to 200 200. You could win $1,000. So have your listening ears on right now. We'll get to that. And then the fun and games in college football right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. <laughs> We consider the UCF Knights to be the National Collegiate Football Champions, but they did play a game billed as the title game last night up in Atlanta, and it was a stemwinder. I went to bed with Georgia running Alabama off the field and up 13 to nothing. I woke up to catch the replay that I had recorded and to watch Alabama make an incredible decision. Head coach Nick Saban benching his starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, putting in a guy with a gun for an arm who had never played an important down for Alabama, a freshman quarterback from Hawaii. Sound familiar? UCF had one by the name of Mackenzie Milton this past year. His name was Tua Tagovailoa. And... He threw three touchdown passes in the second half. The thing went into overtime. Georgia went ahead with a field goal. And then on second down and 26, on his own side of the field, 
This kid from Hawaii wound up, threw it in the end zone, game over. Alabama wins their fifth title in nine years. Listen. Think about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! 26-23 to over Georgia. What a story. What an incredible comeback that was. Now, the tale of the other National Collegiate Football Championship team are UCF Knights, honored at a jam-packed Church Street Station block party last night. As Deb said, Mayor Dyer gave them the key to the city. The team was there. The band was there. The new coaches were there. The cheerleaders were there. Fans were there in enormous numbers, which was really awesome. And right in the middle of it all, our sports station, 96.9 The Game. I want you to listen as Brandon Kravitz and Mike Bianchi from the Morning Open Mic Show whip the crowd into a frenzy and present the UCF Knights with a 96-9 The Game National Championship trophy. Yeah, it's real simple. You see, 13-0 and 0 equals national champion. Pretty simple, right? Who cares what anybody says, all right? We are here to present the FM 96-9 The Game National Championship trophy to the best damn team in the land. UCF, undefeated champions forever. Awesome. Yaffe, UCF grad that you are, grinning from ear to ear. What a great event that was. What a season that no one will ever forget. I love that. Undefeated champions forever. UCF. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. By the way, the AP poll came out shortly after the game, and uh, final rankings from Associated Press, UCF number six in the nation. The committee that disrespected the Knights and wouldn't elevate them to a point where they could actually get into the playoff they have not yet issued their final rankings. What was number five? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I really don't. I just the sports guys told me we're number six. I'm just like, who would be above UCF in that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. All over Twitter last night, people were saying UCF should have been in that game because neither team looked well at the beginning of the game. No, it was pretty sloppy. It really (laughs) was sloppy. It's amazing. UCF could keep up with these. I, I, I think maybe they could. They show what they could do with Auburn and Auburn beat both of those teams when they were each ranked number one, Alabama and Georgia. Um, But anyway, a tale of two national championships. Congratulations, Alabama, and congratulations, UCF. Undefeated champions forever. So what about Oprah Winfrey for president in 2020? She seems open now to running. Could she win? The answer to that question is yes. Would you vote for her if you could? I don't know the answer to that, so call me and tell me. We're also going to hear some interesting sound cuts from Oprah and from President Trump. These two have been pretty tight over the years. Trump's going to run, and it's been announced in 2020 for re-election. No surprise. So, uh, obviously, the love fest between Trump and Oprah would end very quickly. Do you think she could be formidable? Do you think she could win? Would you vote for Oprah Winfrey if she got into the race? Yes or no, and why? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rate applies. You might expect I have a lot to say on this subject. 
Oprah rousing Golden Globes Awards speech the other night. Oprah Winfrey is now reported to be at least considering running for president, something she used to say she would never do. What would she bring to the table? She is popular. She is charismatic. She is universally known. She is a terrific communicator. She is a self-made billionaire with a great personal story who could self-fund her campaign if needed. But we don't know where she stands on a host of important issues. I think clearly she would run as a Democrat, and she's a bleeding-heart liberal. Okay? So you can see, you can guess where she would stand on some of these issues. An early problem for her might well be tons of photographs already out there on the Internet of her hugging and kissing Harvey Weinstein, the Hollywood predator. Okay? She's real tight with this guy. That could be a real problem for her. Never came up at the Golden Globes. Let me ask you, Doreen, you're on the line with a Bud Man. What about voting for Oprah Winfrey for president if she ran? No, sir, because she keeps bringing up racism and racism, racism divides us. And not only that, her magazine disappeared. It wasn't bought. Do you think she could get the Democrat Party nomination? It's a possibility, but I still wouldn't vote for it. It's not because I, I'm only a light Republican. I'm not a Democrat anymore. But All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Doreen. Other callers on the line on the text line, 407-916-5400. We'll take more calls on this in the next half hour. You can load up early before everybody else gets in, 407-916-5400. Uh, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply there. Here is the, um, the highlight of the Oprah speech that got so much positive press at the Golden Globe Awards and really did kind of sound like a campaign speech. A new day is on the horizon. And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody ever has to say me too again. Thank you. Sexual harassment was the big theme of the Golden Globes, and, and she was playing right into that, of course. Now, what about President Trump, who's going to run again in 2020, and Oprah? They've been buddy-buddy and there's been a mutual admiration society that I'm sure would end that goes back a long time. Here we go. Trump in 1999, thinking of running for president in 2000, talking with Larry King about who he'd want as a running mate. Do you have a vice presidential candidate in mind? Well, I really haven't gotten quite there yet. Uh, it's I guess it's just you Oprah. I love Oprah. Oprah would always be my first choice. She's popular. She's brilliant. She's a wonderful woman. And then there's Trump on TV with Oprah in 2015, sitting alongside her on a couch as Oprah describes what it takes to succeed at the highest level. Listen for Trump's fawning response. I mean, he loves Oprah. There's an indescribable it factor that, you know, I don't think you can teach. They don't teach it in the Wharton School of Business. It's not something you can even learn. There's just an it. Wouldn't you say, That's Donald? That's true, folks. And I, and I will tell you, I went to the Wharton School of Finance, and I will say that I am sitting next to it. There is nobody ever... And then there's Oprah last March noting that Trump had been elected president without political experience and how that had her suddenly thinking maybe she ought to run. 
I thought, oh, gee, I don't have the experience. I don't know enough. I don't know. And now I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> the Democrats would jump at Oprah Winfrey. They would want her to be their nominee. How she would hold up through a primary season, whether she'd be clueless on key issues or not, how she would handle you know, when it wasn't a love fest, love fest, when people were blasting her, she's used to being universally loved. It wouldn't be that way in politics. I don't know if she'll run. She's said to be open to it. Tell me, do you think she will run? Do you think she could win? Would you or would you not vote for Oprah Winfrey for president? Stay tuned. We'll take more calls on that right after the news and the business report. And Deb's checking in with our news update at the bottom of the hour. Governor Scott to deliver his final State of the State address as the legislature opens its session in Tallahassee today. And Florida's Mega Millions winner still has not come forward. What's going on there? Good morning, Orlando at 630. Deborah Roberts alongside me right now to get us all up to date on the news. No question it's going to be a very big day in the state capitol, Deb. Yeah, where Tallahassee should be a bit more crowded starting today, bud. That's because lawmakers are back in town for the legislative session that will last until March. What was expected to be a surplus budget year was wiped out instead by rising costs from Hurricanes Irma and Maria. That won't stop lawmakers from pushing for millions for local projects, though, including more than $15 million for a new FAMU FSU College of Engineering building. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A lawmaker is trying to take away a designation Tallahassee has had for almost 200 years. Delray Beach State Representative Bill Hager filed a bill yesterday to study looking at moving the capital to another city. Tallahassee has been the capital of Florida since 1824, but Hager believes other locations could be easier for lawmakers and the public to get to. His bill would also look at the economic impact moving the capital would have on Tallahassee and Leon County. Might I suggest Orlando, the city beautiful. We're right. right in the center of the state, and we've got lots of entertainment for lawmakers, family, and, you know, grandkids and stuff. But it's the central location, yes, I think, it is. more than anything. And on the fact that our, we have, we're just known worldwide, you know, and uh, I think that I've thought that for years, Deb, and I'm glad you feel the same way. Yeah, our traffic infrastructure would certainly be better as well. No question. Uh, dreams are coming true for one Delaware man. James Wilbert is crediting a dream for pushing him to buy a lottery ticket, which won him ten grand. Wilbert says he scratched off the ticket right there in the store and was shocked that he actually won. He plans on using the money to pay off his recent Christmas purchases. How many of us have wished we would win the lottery to help oh. pay for our Christmas purchases? Oh, yeah. And then he'll add the remainder to his savings account. And in the meantime, we still don't know who bought the winning Mega Millions ticket at a 7-Eleven in Port Ritchie Friday night. Don Creeley with the Florida Lottery's Tampa office says they'll have to claim the $450 million jackpot in person in Tallahassee. And at that point, their name will be public record. The ticket needs to be claimed in Tallahassee because of the large amount that it represents. If they want to collect the cash only, um, they need to make that claim within 60 days. Creeley says the winner should immediately sign the ticket and put it someplace safe, like a deposit box. Line up legal and financial help. And, of course, don't tell anyone that ticket, again, is worth $450 million, but a mere $281 million if the winner takes a lump sum. Unimaginable amount of money, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> and get ready for friends you never knew you had. Yeah, yeah. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. 
And Gina joins us live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City, of course. And a good Tuesday morning to you, Gina. How are you? I'm well. How about you? Good Tuesday morning to you. Uh, we're doing fine down here. The stock market continues to soar. You've been checking mm-hmm. out the futures. What's the news this morning? Well, the stock futures now are indicating a higher Wall Street open after the market was largely higher for a fifth straight day as tech shares provided a boost. The S&P 500 was up about five points or nearly two-tenths percent to a new high of 27.48. The Nasdaq jumped 21 or three-tenths to a new high of 71.57. The Dow was largely little changed. It slipped 13 points to 25,283. And we had the Bloomberg Orlando index up about four-tenths of a percent. And Jeannie, you've got some good news for us this morning, I understand, on corporate earnings. What's the deal? Yep. uh, The uh, equity bulls facing the priciest market in more than a decade have some more good news on the corporate earnings front. That is that analysts who raised profit estimates for companies around the world last week outnumbered those cutting them by the biggest margin since Citigroup began compiling this data 18 years ago, and the net revisions have been positive for the past three months. And we know that the business world is in love with the tax reform and tax cut plan that President Trump uh, got through Congress. Um, And now we have some information on what the hiring plans in corporations are likely to be. Well, CareerBuilder is out with its new survey and shows that more more employers do plan to hire full-time permanent staff this year compared to last. The survey shows 44% expect to hire full-time permanent workers, up from 40% last year. 45%, however, expect no change, while the percentage of employers expecting a staffing decline is 6%. That is down two percentage points. And by the way, the top three areas expected to see the most headcount, skilled labor, data analysis positions, and digital marketing jobs. Good stuff there. And before you go, Apple is uh, under investigation. Has to do with how long their pricey iPhones last, right? (laughs) Apple faces a French criminal probe into allegations from consumer groups that it is deliberately shortening the life of its iPhones. This investigation, confirmed by Paris prosecutors, comes just weeks after the tech giant apologized to customers for software changes that it says unintentionally reduced the performance of older smartphones. Apple representatives did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Interesting. That reminds me of uh, the charges of planned obsolescence, you know, uh, against other companies, car makers years ago, that they purposely made them so they wouldn't last, so you'd have to buy another one sooner, you know? But cars are lasting longer and longer now, aren't they? Yeah, they had to do that, I think, to compete <laughs> yeah. with, uh, you know, the foreign models right. that, uh, that would last longer. And we made the change. We had to do it. Interesting there, as always, when Gina Cervetti brings us the Bloomberg Business Report live from the New York City Bloomberg Newsroom. We appreciate it. Catch you tomorrow morning, Gina. Okay, bud. Thanks. Speaking of NBC News, they've been catching a lot of flack, justifiably so, in the wake of the Golden Globe Awards and the big speech by Oprah Winfrey, now said to be at least considering a run for the presidency. They tweeted out, Oprah Winfrey, our future president. And then they backtracked saying it wasn't meant to be a political statement. It was uh, sent out by a third-party agency for NBC Entertainment during the broadcast. Right, yeah, the anti-Trump media machine, NBC, is right there with the worst of them, okay? I mean, you talk about media bias, there it is on display. So let's assume Oprah ultimately decides, yes, I'm going to run for president in 2020. How much of a factor do you think she could be? Yaffe, Steph, you're first, then to the phones and the text line. I think she could definitely be a factor. I mean, Trump changed things. 
And Oprah was right. You played that cut in the last half hour where she said, well, I thought I wouldn't have the experience. But after Trump won, it's like, oh, maybe I could win. Yeah. And I think she could. Yeah. Now, Steph, what about it? I agree with Yaffe, and I absolutely think she would run, and people would vote for her. I would not, but, you know. The first female, black female, president of the United States. Oh, yeah, they'd be all over it, but. I mean, I'd prefer Nikki Haley or somebody be the first female president, but, you know. You know, she's popular, she's charismatic, um, uh, but I I think she would run, and she would take, she would take, Left-wing positions on everything. I really oh, yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And no I don't doubt. think of any doubt about that. And then she'd make a lot of enemies. I don't know if she's tough enough to handle that. I think she's used to being loved and admired universally. You know, yeah. you go from 90% of the people loving you to more than 50% of the people hating you overnight. It's kind of like what you said about John Morgan when you predicted he would not run. Yeah. Because all this stuff would kind of come out about him. Yeah. That's what would happen to Oprah. And I don't know if she just wants to, you know, open up her private life in, in, in a way that, that she would have to. Right. I don't know that she'll do it. But what we're talking about is if she does, how formidable is she? And would you vote for her or not? So let's go to the phones as promised. Here's Tony, who's been waiting to talk from Orlando. Go ahead, Tony. How you doing, pal? All right, buddy, and you? All right. No, I wouldn't vote for her, but I do have the perfect scenario. What is that? She could take Obama as a vice president, and then we can have an ex-drug dealer and an ex-drug user. I think that'd be a perfect uh, team. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Tony. Scott, what about it? Oprah for president? Uh, Could she win? Would you vote for her? What's up? No, I wouldn't vote for her. The worst thing is is she does have the... The uh, the mouth of gab. Uh, who would you pick for vice president? Whoopi Goldberg or Ellen DeGeneres? Well, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. You know, uh, she does she bring could. a lot to the table in terms of being popular, charismatic, a terrific communicator, self-made billionaire with a great personal story who could fund her own campaign. Well, she couldn't pick Ellen because Ellen would be one to wear the pants, and and uh, <laughs> so she couldn't pick Ellen. But you know, she. She does have the, the the mouth. She does have the personality. Yeah. Um, it would be a bad thing. She'd be giving everything away. She's too nice of a person. Thank you, bud. All right. Appreciate it. Now on the text line, Yaffe, what's coming in? So I have many different takes on this, bud. One woman says that she would never vote for Oprah. But another says, uh, thinks Oprah could win and would have that person's vote. So one supporter of Oprah, one not so supporter of Oprah. Interesting. We'll revisit this later on if you couldn't get in on the conversation, okay? Because everybody's talking about it, and I thought we ought to spend some time on it, and we will. So, if you think you know a little bit about the history of the smartphone, you could easily win our sound judgment game. We're playing it right now, and I have an open line for you at 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Uh, before we um, pop the question on this, Steph, let's talk about the prize. Brand new one today. Yep. So we have uh, Central Florida is a hotbed for soccer, and we have an incredible sound judgment prize today for you. And the soccer fans in your life, the annual Florida Cup matches are about to begin in Orlando. Top teams from North America, South America, and Europe will be playing at UCF Spectrum Stadium. And if you're our sound judgment winner, you'll get a pair of tickets to four different Florida Cup matches this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's unbelievable. A pair of tickets for each of the four games coming up with some of the great international teams and stars in the 
most popular sport in the world, soccer. We ready? 407-916-5400 is the number. If you're getting a busy signal now, you could win in a later round by calling that number quickly when somebody gets a wrong answer. So it's the 9th of January, and in the history of world-changing inventions, this is a landmark date on the calendar. This is the date when the very first iPhone was unveiled by Steve Jobs, the late CEO of Apple. Listen to Jobs making the big announcement, and then use your sound judgment to give me the year he said this. We are calling it iPhone. Today... Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. All right. On this date, January 9th, history was made. Give me the year Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone, line two. 2006. No, but good try. Very close. Open line 407-916-5400. Line three, you're up. What year? 2004. No, 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 not as close as our first caller, 407-916-5400. The iPhone was unveiled on January 9th. What year, line four? Line four. Uh, 2007? Yes. Almost punched you out. You weren't there for a second. Congratulations. You have one sound judgment. Nice going. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Very cool. You're surprised, aren't you? You nailed it. What's your first name, please? Tell me where you're calling from. Are you there? Caller, are you there? I don't know whether we have... Do we? Is he there? Uh, this is Bob. Bob, and, and, and where are you calling in from, Bob? Winter Park. Okay. I don't. The questions aren't going to get any harder. Don't worry. You've already won. Okay, buddy. Um, I'll put you My on hold. My iPhone was cutting out there. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. We can't have that. You've won the prize. Congratulations. I put you on hold, and Stephanie will work it out with you. And way to go. It must have been an older iPhone. One of those know? ones that aren't lasting yeah, as long, according exactly. to the French. That's what uh, mm-hmm. we were hearing about in Gina's business report yeah. this morning. Uh, <laughs> 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 kind of appropriate. Uh, Stay with us. Very important segment in our next hour here. There's some stunning new, frightening new research on on what letting your kids just run wild with a smartphone and use it every day as much as they want can do to them, to their brains, to their their development. And uh, there are major Apple investors who are demanding that the company help parents monitor and manage their kids' cell phone use. This is really important stuff. Wait till you hear what I've got, and you'll want to react to it at 407-916-5400 and the uh, text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Also, right after the news with Deb, uh, you can win $1,000 in our brand new Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for the key word of the hour coming up, and then text that word to 200-200, and you could win 1,000 smackers. Deb with news on Governor Scott to deliver his final state of the state address today as the legislative session opens in Tallahassee and nursing homes on the firing line. Good morning from us all at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock. You're just in time for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Governor Scott will deliver his final state of the state address and nursing homes 
are on the firing line for today's beginning of the legislative session. We'll have the details in one minute. A major warning this morning about smartphones and your kids. We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. The two, uh, 2018 session of the Florida legislature starts today and nursing homes are on the firing line. The Florida Healthcare Association represents most of them and Chief Lobbyist Bob Estalos says they're playing defense after the deaths of 14 people at a South Florida home after Hurricane Irma. And it was unfortunate what happened in the Hollywood Hills building. It never should have happened. Uh, those residents should have been kept safe, but it did. And so now we look at to make sure that that never happens again. Astalo says trial lawyers are trying to profit from the tragedy by pushing new laws that make it easier for patients to sue. But the nursing homes are also trying to use it to their advantage by asking lawmakers for a $50 million increase this year. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. One of the Democrats running for governor, meanwhile, just paid more than $1,000 to get public records from the state's Office of Open Government. Gwen Graham asked for records related to voice messages Rick Scott received after Hurricane Irma when officials at that South Florida nursing home were calling for emergency power. They're called public records, but the governor's office wouldn't produce them until Graham paid 1200 bucks. It's disappointing that... Uh that there potentially could be financial hurdles to get the information that the people of Florida deserve to have. This is another example of a failure of transparency, but again, it's a small price to pay. The governor says those voicemails were deleted. Grams calls that a violation of the public records law and says she will pursue legal action if those messages really are gone for good. Another government spending deadline is on the horizon. The government uh, could run out of money on January 19th without congressional action. President Trump is trying to secure funding for a massive border wall. Democrats want any budget deal to give protections to dreamers, young immigrants who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children. A sad story out west where people in areas of California where the biggest wildfire burned just last month are now being threatened by possible flash floods and mudslides. People are being evacuated once again from areas in Santa Barbara, Ventura, and Los Angeles counties as heavy rains pound Southern California. A flash flood watch, in fact, is out for recently burned areas all day today as the rainfall becomes more intense this morning. Forecasters are warning people to be prepared for closed roads and travel delays during the morning commute because of flooding, debris flows, and mud or rock slides. Rain could fall at the rate of one and a half inches an hour this morning. Yeah, and without the foliage gone exactly. from the fires, it can't hold the ground on the hills. Exactly. Yeah, th- this is this is just an awful situation it out there. It really is. And of all the things you want to worry about dodging in your morning commute, I don't think uh, anybody would list flooding, debris flows, and mud or rock slides among them. No, it's a nightmare in the making. It really is. And finally, uh, getting ready to talk about your story, but about uh, smartphones and their impact on kids. Mm -hmm. There's also a story out today about the impact those Internet-connected toys you have around your home that maybe your your children got several or grandchildren got some over the holidays. Well, the VTech toy company is now paying $650,000 in a settlement after it collected children's information and then failed to secure that data from hackers. The deal reached with the U.S. Trade Commission involves a 2015 data breach where a hacker accessed the info collected on the company's Learning uh, Learning Lodge apps. The company was also accused of violating the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which requires parental consent 
before collecting information. Scary stuff, Deb. It really is. But you know, as the uh, saying goes, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Yes, it is. WFLA News Time at 7.07. Read about weather disasters in the U.S. May 2017, the most costly on record. At 1025WFLA.com, the second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The Bud Man, the Deb Meister, Yaffe at the controls. Stephanie is screening your calls. And my question to you, moms and dads what about your kids and smartphones? At what age? Do you allow your kids to have a smartphone? Have you seen problems with overuse that so many studies are now showing are just absolutely profound and frightening? The impact of overuse on young brains by cell phones, I mean, it's incredible. I'll, I'll share with you in a moment what the studies are finding and uh, and and I want I want your reaction to what you're about to hear. Maybe the most important uh, half hour of the show today. Stay tuned on that, and we'll get to that right after we give you a chance to win a thousand dollars on our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for the keyword in a moment, and then text that word to two hundred two hundred. Do it. You could win a thousand dollars. We'll get into this issue with smartphones and your children. Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. How young do you allow your children to have their own smartphone? A couple of major investors in Apple that own $2 billion worth of stock, so they'll be listened to, have fired off an open letter to the corporation citing a number of surveys that indicate the average U.S. child receives his or her first smartphone at age 10. And are you ready for this? Not including time spent talking and texting, spends more than four and a half hours a day using the smartphone. Social media, watching videos, listening to music, playing games. And then there's all the text and talk time on top of that. Research shows that as little as three hours spent on smartphones every day can harm children's physical and mental well-being can even interfere with the development of the gray matter in their brains. The investors have urged Apple in the letter to support research, to study the effects of smartphones on the mental health of kids, to implement more sophisticated parental controls that help parents regulate screen time. Have you had a problem with overuse of smartphones by your kids? At what age do you allow your child to have a smartphone and be in full control of it. 407-916-5400. I can tell you there's an organization that has formed a group of concerned moms created wait until 8th, as in 8th grade. What are kids, 13, 14 years old then? Um, because they say the research shows that dependence on a smartphone can produce some of the same addictive brain responses similar to alcohol, drug, and gambling addictions, that smartphones are like slot machines in your child's pocket, constantly persuading them to crave more. Um, it's, it's amazing. Suicide risk goes way up with overuse of smartphones. One of the problems the research shows is not so much the phone itself, but what it, it just consumes all the time when kids should be doing other things that help them develop more normally. 
The research showing that what makes screen time unhealthy, too much of it, is less about the amount of time your kids spend in front of screens and more about what their screen time using is getting in the way of. That over time, if a child's screen time use means spending too little time on activities that are critical for development, like completing homework, playing sports, socializing with friends, that the child can fall behind peers in critical areas and can develop low self-esteem and anxiety and withdrawal. I mean, it's absolutely frightening when you think about what the research is showing across the board. Um, I like the idea, wait till 8th as in 8th grade. But even beyond that, you know, you need to have more controls than apparently are available to you now on these smartphones to control the amount that a child can use the device. The research screams warnings to parents on this front. I'd like to know what you've experienced in your family that might align with this, or if you think there's no problem with a child having a you know, their own smartphone at age six opens up the whole world to them. Maybe it's a great thing. We welcome opposing points of view here. Don't fear calling me because we might disagree. This stuff scares me to death. 407-916-5400 is my number. Our text line is 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Study after study showing the addictive nature of smartphones and how it can impair a child's mental development, and social development as well. Do you agree with that? How do you manage cell phones, smartphones for the kids in your family? Andrew, you have an interesting perspective on this. I guess you've got three kids, right? Yes, good morning, bud. I have daughters 16, 13, and 8. Um, Eight-year-olds, straight A's, never made below an A in school or equivalent to an A. The rest of my daughter, the other two straight A students also. But anyways, um, I let them have their tablets and their iPhones and everything. Um, at, at, at what age? At what age? I, I let them. I just they just let it go because you know when my youngest child, she always saw her two older sisters with them, so she always had them. So, you know, when she was three, she knew how to use a, a smartphone, basically. Now, do you think the smartphone has been good or just it hasn't been harmful in your view? It hasn't been harmful to kids, but to adults, maybe because adults type in the map questing. You know, we, we, we forget to use our brain and know how to get from place <laughs> to place because we're so used to typing in the address in the map. Maybe so you, so you, don't, you don't buy the research that shows the damage no. that smartphone overuse can be can do to kids? No, sir. No, All sir. right, thank you. I appreciate that. What's coming in um, on the text line, if we have anything, Yaffe? But more importantly, you use a smartphone all the time. Stephanie's always got her face buried in her smartphone. What about it, guys? What about this? all of these studies that are showing how dangerous over-cell phone use is to kids and their developing brains and socialization, et cetera? I think, I think there's a lot to it. But I think Andrew brings on a good point that Andrew's probably a good dad. So you have to put in the right worldview in your kids. You have to balance their lives. You have to teach them responsibility and teach them about life. And if you give them that good foundation, maybe the negative effects of a smartphone are not going to happen as much for that kid. Wow, interesting. Four and a half hours a day, the average kid gets a smartphone to use at age 10, and that's not even including talking and texting through the phone. That's incredible how much time is not being spent you know, interacting with other people 
or doing homework yeah. or whatever, you know? That's what bothers me. Stephanie, what are your thoughts on that? I agree with you, Afi. I think it has to do with the parenting. You know, my sister and brother, they both have smartphones. They're always on them, but they also, you know, they're balanced. Like, they still have their outside school activities. You know, they're A-plus students in school, like straight A's and everything. So I think it just depends. I will say this. You talked about four hours use. I wonder, though, like, before smartphones, how long kids would watch TV, for instance. Now I bet they're watching videos on their phone instead of on TV, or how many hours they would play video games. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're playing video games on the phone instead of TV. So I wonder if that's why it adds up. Although four hours is still a lot. They need to be outside playing. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I vegged in front of a TV when I was growing up. There isn't any question about it. I mean, it was the brand new wonderful thing. But I'm looking at some of the research here on this, how the suicide rate with smartphone yeah. overuse goes way up. and I Probably because of cyberbullying and social media. Of, of course. You know, and reading about on Facebook, everybody else's yeah. wonderful life and their highlight film they put up there for you, and, and you feel like you can't measure up. Research showing that teenagers who spend three hours a day or more on electronic devices, 35% more likely to have a risk for suicide of five hours a day, more than 71% more likely than those who spend less than an hour. That never was true with television. There's something about a smartphone. Right. And I think it's social media. I think that's a big part of it. Well, we're going to continue to follow this because the, uh, the big red flags are being raised, and there are more of them than ever. And these two major Apple investors are pleading with the company to give parents more parental controls uh, when they give their kids cell phones than they now have. Bottom of the hour, Governor Rick Scott to deliver his final State of the State address today as the legislature convenes in Tallahassee and pet technology at the Consumer Electronics Show. Deborah Roberts updating our news at the bottom of the hour. Good morning to you at 730. It's going to be a landmark day in the state capital of Florida, Deb. Let's talk about it. And that's because Governor Rick Scott will deliver his final State of the State address today, bud. The speech is going to kick off the new legislative session in Tallahassee. During the speech, Governor Scott is expected to mention his accomplishments from his two terms in office, including reducing state unemployment from almost 11 percent to about 4 percent. Scott must leave office, however, because of term limits. The governor's speech is scheduled to begin uh, right around 11 o'clock this morning. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All right. Attention, pet parents. The world's first smart pet bed, activity tracker, and pet health and nutrition app is getting ready to hit the market. Yeah. Whoop out your wallet. Petrix unveils the canine equivalent to the Fitbit this week at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. The smart bed tracks your pet's weight, rest, and activity level and is climate controlled. <laughs> not too shabby considering my bed's not climate controlled. Yeah, mine neither. Unless I move the blankets around. <laughs> this is paired with the Petrix activity tracker that tracks your pet's caloric burn rate, rest levels, and other health metrics. Both of these communicate with the Petrix health nutrition app. And all of this technology would simply tell me the same thing I already know about myself and my dog. We're both just fat and lazy. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. What's the ka-ching, ka-ching factor here? How much does this thing cost? Do we know? Oh, no, they haven't put that out yet. Uh-oh. They just want to wet the whistle. Oh, that, that's like when lobster's on the menu, you exactly. know. Exactly. market prices or yeah. something. You know you're going to get fleeced. You know what would happen? We would spend all this money to buy that bed, and the cat or the dog would never sleep on it. No, or if, <laughs> if it'd be my luck, you'd pay, like, you know, Boku dollars to buy the smart bed. Yeah. 
and it wouldn't last one day because the next time you'd come in the room, all of the stuffing would be pulled out. Oh, yeah. If you, <laughs> and the true. electronics. <laughs> My cat would never use it. He would rather just sleep on the bed next to me. Yeah, exactly. I'd buy this expensive bed. You wouldn't use it. Just like kids. You know, they'd rather right. play with the box that the toy came in oh, yeah. than play with the toy that you <laughs> exactly. bought. Talking about uh, other smart stuff with animals, Dubai is uh, serious about caring for camels. But the oil-rich nation recently opened a $10 million hospital for camels. No kidding. I wouldn't kid you. All right. Reuters got the first glimpse of a female camel on a table undergoing treatment inside a state-of-the-art medical treatment facility. The new, the new care hospital is attracting the attention of international breeders. The hospital can admit up to 20 camels. As for the patients, doctors say, you know, they're really easy to treat. Doctors say camels are very gentle animals. Oh, I heard they were really ill-tempered. Even laid back and likable. Okay. I've heard they stink and they like to spit. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what what goes wrong with, with, with camels? I mean, herniated humps a big problem? I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Probably the same, you know, problems you would have with any hoofed creature. I suppose. And finally, back here stateside, bud, there's a turkey problem in Ohio, and it's making things tough on postal workers. You think it's only dogs they have to dodge? They're getting chased by turkeys? Rocky River postal officials say they're having serious problems with service to a certain area because carriers... Can't deliver on foot due to the aggressive birds. In fact, it's gotten so bad that some homes haven't been able to get mail service in weeks. Gee whiz. City officials say the animals have led to unsafe conditions and they're not sure how to solve it. Removing the 20 turkeys is against city ordinances. So postal workers instead are being armed with air horns and adjusting their schedules to make a turkey attack less likely. The mayor is asking people to take down their bird feeders so the turkeys aren't attracted turkey to them. Hunt. Turkey hunt. Turkey hunt. Yeah, go. there you go. That's Thanksgiving's coming early to Rocky River, Ohio. Yeah, you're my <laughs> kind of guy, Yaffe. That's the solution <laughs> to that problem. Amen to that. Deb, catch you shortly. You got it. My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, uh, bringing us the news and those very special Deb segments here all morning long on Good Morning Orlando. She's talking about smart beds for pets. We're talking about smartphones and the risk to kids with overuse. We continue to celebrate our UCF undefeated nights as the National Collegiate Football Champs. More on their big block party and what went on downtown last night in just a moment. But first of all, two words. Tua Tagovailoa. That's the freshman quarterback who came in during the second half of the Alabama-Georgia national title game in Atlanta with Alabama down 13 to nothing and going nowhere under the leadership of their regular quarterback, Jalen Hurts. This kid with a real gun from Hawaii took over through three touchdown passes and ended the game with a pass that went 50 yards in the air into the end zone. Here we go. Thank you, Bailoa, trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! That was it. Unbelievable the way that game was turned around with a gutsy call by Saban to bench his starting quarterback in favor of a strong-armed freshman who had never played a down that mattered for Alabama. He was just a mop-up guy at the end of games when Alabama had things well in hand. But as I say, this is a tale of two National Collegiate Football Champions. So much for Alabama, 
Great job. Unbelievable game. But what a season for the UCF Knights. Undefeated. The undefeated champs forever. UCF. Honored last night at a rousing block party in downtown Orlando. Jam-packed Church Street Station. Was fantastic. Uh, Mayor Dyer presented a, uh, a key to the city, to the uh, to the university, to the team. We had the team there, their new coaches. We had the band. We had the cheerleaders. And the fans were on fire. And never more so than when our guys from our sports station down the hallway, 96-9 the game, Brandon Kravitz and Mike Bianchi got them whipped up and presented to the UCF Knights a national championship trophy. Yeah, it's real simple. You see, 13-0 and 0 equals national champion. Pretty simple, right? Who cares what anybody says, all right? We are here to present the FM 96.9 The Game National Championship Trophy to the best damn team in the land. UCF, undefeated champions forever. Boy, I got to tell you, it is the greatest team sports achievement in the history of Orlando. Nothing else comes close. The Magic have never won the NBA title, okay? They went deep into the playoffs a couple of times, but they never won the title. The soccer team is too new and has yet to fulfill their promise. Um, but I'll tell you what, Yaffe, as a UCF grad, I mean, this is a year you will remember to your dying day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm wearing my Peach Bowl shirt as we speak. My UCF Peach Bowl shirt. It, it's pretty awesome. I never thought I would see it, especially this soon in my life, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> it's a fantastic story. Another great story at the um, Alabama-Georgia game. President Trump decided to drop by. He was escorted onto the field for the national anthem at the beginning um, by members of the U.S. military, put his hand on his heart, and sang a rousing rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Let's listen to the reaction now. And it was mostly, but not exclusively, positive um, as President Trump is introduced. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, as we honor our nation, please rise and welcome members of the ROTC units from the University of Georgia and the University of Alabama, joined by our President Donald J. Trump. You know, they were talking about there were going to be all kinds of protests, but uh, that's the reception the president got. And I thought it was pretty terrific there last night in Alabama. We're going to talk about Oprah Winfrey suddenly, apparently considering running for president in 2020. It's unbelievable. The liberal left is just going apoplectic over the thought of Oprah for president. And we're going to talk about this and how tight she's been with Trump over the years. All of that would end, of course, because Trump, we now know, is going to run for re-election in 2020, confirmed by the White House this week. Um, having said that, does Oprah have what it takes to be president of the United States? If given the opportunity, would you vote for Oprah Winfrey? I've got a lot to say on this, and I'll want to talk with you. And Yaffe, I wouldn't be surprised if that, that line of conversation came up when you're on in prime time tonight. Oh, of course, bud. It's what everyone's talking about, and I have a lot to say on it, so I will be talking about it on my show tonight, Beyond Reason Radio. It is 8 to 10 p.m. tonight right here on WFLA. And same phone number, same text line, and uh, get involved in a conversation when my amazing executive producer 
goes prime time. It's not to be missed. Beyond reason tonight from 8 to 10, right? Yes, yes, sir. All right, good deal. And he'll be back on the job in the morning in sleep optional mode. Only Yaffe can do it all day, all night. Amazing. All right, Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the top of the hour. And right after that, you're going to have an opportunity to win $1,000. Stay tuned for our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. All you have to do is listen closely for the keyword of the hour right after Deb's news. Then text that word to 200-200. You could win 1000 bucks. Speaking of Deborah Roberts with the news, she'll focus on a big day in Tallahassee. Governor Scott to deliver his final State of the State address, kicking off the legislative session today, and a Florida expert weighing in on what to expect from the legislative session. It's Good Morning Orlando, hour number three on deck from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are glad you're with us. Good Tuesday morning to you at 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. So nice to have you with us here on a Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Governor Rick Scott delivers his final State of the State address and a Florida expert weighs in on what to expect from this year's legislative session. We'll have the details in one minute. Oprah Winfrey for president. We're talking about it this hour on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. Governor Rick Scott will deliver his eighth and final State of the State address today as the 2018 legislative session gets underway. There will be responses to Scott's speech from the legislature's Democratic minority leaders, Senator Oscar Brainin of Miami Gardens and Representative Janet Cruz of Hillsborough County. The session is moved up from the spring to January in even years, giving lawmakers more time to campaign for re-election or election to another office. Nearly 3,000 bills have been filed, but only about 10 percent will make it to the governor's desk. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. University of South Florida political analyst Dr. Susan McManus says it'll be a very interesting legislative session beginning today. It's just a year where fireworks is likely, the stakes are high, more and more Floridians are registering as no party affiliation. So all of that creates a very interesting new dynamic for the 2018 legislative session. She says the top issues will be the budget, taxes, education, and sexual harassment. In fact, Pinellas County's State Senate District 16 is unrepresented. That's because State Senator and Republican gubernatorial candidate Jack Ladvala resigned last month amid sexual harassment allegations. In local news, today marks a somber anniversary for the local law enforcement community and really the community at large. It was one year ago today that Orlando Police Lieutenant Deborah Clayton and Orange County Deputy Norman Lewis were killed while in pursuit of murder suspect Mark Heath Lloyd. Some events are planned to honor the officers, including a public legacy walk this afternoon in Orlando's Washington Shores neighborhood. The family members of both officers will be part of the event at 4 o'clock. And today is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. It's been observed since 2015 as a day to honor and say thank you to law enforcement officers across the country who put their lives on the line to serve and protect their communities. A new class called White Racism is drawing extra security when it meets for the first time today. Florida Gulf Coast University is bringing in two campus police officers just in case there's trouble. 
The course covers methods to challenge white supremacy and the laws and policies that have promoted white domination in the United States. The school has received some negative feedback, ranging from mild disappointment to emails laced with profanity and racial epithets. School officials say they don't anticipate any problems, but they want to be ready. We're going to be ready to talk about this tomorrow morning, Deb, and thanks for the teaser on that one. No problem. Speaking of a teaser, I'm setting up the table for your next talk segment, bud. By now, you've probably heard that Oprah Winfrey might be considering a run for the presidency Mm -hmm. in 2020. Well, late night talk show hosts, not like, you know, we care what they think, but they weighed in with their opinions last night. Here's Jimmy Kimmel on ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live. At this point, wouldn't president be a demotion for Oprah? I feel like it would. (laughs) But now that we have Donald Trump, everything seems possible. Team Trump said we welcome the challenge, whether it be Oprah Winfrey or anybody else, preferably anybody else. The Daily Show's Trevor Noah said Oprah would make the perfect opponent because she and President Trump are exact opposites. Stephen Colbert, while not dismissing the idea entirely, said he believes she's reasonable enough to consider that maybe being a billionaire entertainer, billionaire entertainer doesn't necessarily qualify you to have the nation's nuclear launch codes. Yeah, right after we wrap up here, I want to ask you about Oprah for president, whether or not you think she could win it um, and whether or not you would vote for her if given the opportunity. So uh, I'll have go to, ahead. I'll have to, well, I think she would definitely be a, a, a formidable opponent. And, you know, it, I would have thought four or five years ago it would have been in, it would have been laughable. But Donald Trump has changed the landscape. He has. Of the can, you know, qualified candidates for president. Yeah, exactly right. And, and Oprah even admits that, you know, she hadn't even considered it until Trump won. Really? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. In terms of whether or not to vote, I don't know enough about where she stands on the important issues to be able to say today whether or not I would vote for her. Exactly. And, I, you know, I, I just think and, 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 and that's, that just shows how, how, how astute you are. And, uh, I mean— a lot of people are out there saying, absolutely, I'd vote for her in a heartbeat. Well, you don't have an idea if she has a clue about the big issues, you know. Uh, or and where she stands and, and if it aligns with where, where I am in my political exactly. views. I mean, I may have liked her as a host of the Oprah Winfrey show, sure. but if she's going to step into that arena, there's a whole different litmus test for that. Yeah, and coming up here, Deb, uh, you've set the table indeed, as you do so well. Uh, I'm going to talk about what she brings to the table, Oprah Winfrey, for a presidential run but also some early rocks in the river that I believe she would encounter if she goes that route. Well, WFLA news time, but I'll go ahead and get out of the way. It's 8.08, and you can read about a uh, principal who channeled his inner Mariah Carey while announcing a snow day. The kids didn't care how he announced it. It was just that he announced it was a snow day. (laughs) But get the details at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Oprah Winfrey considering a run for president. That's what has the left just absolutely going wild with enthusiasm. I'll tell you what she brings to the table as a candidate if she goes that route for 2020. And it would be a run against Trump, which would be interesting, because in a moment, as you're going to hear, over a long period of time, Oprah and Trump have had a mutual admiration society, to say the very least. That would go out the window in five seconds. Uh, But um, my question to you is, what would you think if Oprah Winfrey ran for president in 2020? Do you think she'd be formidable? Do you think she could win? Would you consider voting for Oprah if she ran? I'm worried about checkbook journalism here. 
You know, I can hear Oprah right now, like on her show, everybody votes for me, gets a new car. Now, yeah, who knows? <laughs> She's got enough money probably to pay off on that. But seriously, what about Oprah Winfrey running for president? Do you think she'll do it? Do you think she should do it? Do you think she'd be formidable? Do you think she'd be a joke? Do you think she could win? Could she possibly get your vote? Let's talk about it. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Uh, all of this coming up right after we give you an opportunity to make your wallet great again in our texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour in seconds from now and text that word immediately to 200-200. Yes, you, you, you could win $1,000. All of this plus an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as always in two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Before you discount Oprah Winfrey, possibly running for president is an absolute joke. Remember, everybody thought it was a joke when President Trump said he was going to run for president, and he now occupies the Oval Office and I think is doing, on balance, a tremendous job and a great service to this country. Oprah Winfrey, don't sell her short. She's enormously popular. She is enormously charismatic. She is one of the great communicators of our time. She is a self-made billionaire up from nothing with a great personal story. She could fund her own campaign. Questions? I don't know where she stands on a host of important issues and how well she could articulate them. I know that she would run as a Democrat, a bleeding-heart liberal. The Dems want her because, you know... Everybody else is just yesterday's news from Biden to Bernie to Hillary, for God's sake. And they're just going crazy at the very thought that she might even consider running. I don't know whether she's tough enough. I knew and I know Trump's plenty tough enough. And Harvey Weinstein is one of her real buddies. After her big speech the other night at the Golden Globes, you know, where she got into... uh, uh, you know, to declaring that the time is up for the for the sexual predators and the sexual harassers, etc., like Harvey Weinstein. The Internet is full of photographs of the two of them hugging, kissing. I mean, that's going to be a real problem for her. I'll tell you what. Um, I was going to run some audio here, but I want to make some time for your take. As I ran the audio earlier, maybe we'll run some in a moment. But your take on Oprah for president. Uh, And we don't know whether she's going to run, but she's reportedly now considering it. And it's big, big news. David from Ocala, what are your thoughts on Oprah? Hi, good morning, bud. The other night when Oprah had the opportunity to bring us all together and say something like, women should not be abused and and point out some of these guys like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and these other guys. We just recently had a quarterback in the NFL uh, fired from ESPN for that. What did she do? She brought up a 60-year-old thing that had to do with race, and she talked bad about white people. But you got to listen to what people say. I don't remember her talking bad about white people. Did I miss something on that? Yeah, she told the story about the woman that was uh, coming home from church. Right. And, and that she was raped by five or six white guys, and she yeah. said white guys. Well, yeah, because, because it was true. I don't know that she necessarily talked it up or made or made up a story here. But my, my question to you is, do you think she would be formidable, and could she win the presidency? 
there's a lot of people out there that would vote for her, but hopefully uh, there's enough people that would see she, she's a racist and would not mm. vote for her. I believe very much she's a racist. All right, David, thank you. You're first up. Mike, Jill, Phil, the rest of you, and the texters as well. You're coming up next on Oprah for President. Oprah Winfrey reportedly now considering a run for president against Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, that would be very interesting because uh, you know, they would be opponents, and I'm sure Trump would would be would go right after her. But the fact of the matter is, he has a long history of just totally fawning over Oprah. Listen to this: 1999, Trump talking with Larry King about running for president in 2000 and who he'd want as a running mate. Do you have a vice presidential candidate in mind? Well, I really haven't gotten quite there yet. Uh, it's I guess it's just you Oprah. Know. I love Oprah. Oprah would always be my first choice. She's popular. She's brilliant. She's a wonderful woman. Fast forward to 2015. It's Trump on TV with Oprah sitting alongside her on a couch as Oprah described what it takes to succeed at the highest levels. Listen for Trump's falling response. I mean, he just loves Oprah. There's an indescribable it factor that, you know, I don't think you can teach. They don't teach it in the Wharton School of Business. It's not something you can even learn. There's just an it. Wouldn't you say, That's Donald? That's true, folks. And I, and I will tell you, I went to the Wharton School of Finance, and I will say that I am sitting next to it. There is nobody <laughs> ever, ever that has had it. And then Oprah last March, noting that Trump had been elected president without political experience and how that had made her suddenly thinking, hey, maybe she ought to run. I thought, oh, gee, I don't have the experience. I don't know enough. I don't know. And now I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> and here we are today with Oprah reportedly at least considering a presidential run she had always said no to. Let's go to the phones and see what you think. You think she'll run? Would she be formidable? Could she win? Would you vote for her? Jill, I'd love to know what you think. Good morning from Orlando, Jill. Hello, bud. Um, yeah, I think, first of all, I she's a much better candidate than Hilda Beast ever was. Uh, she's got the I'm a woman and I'm black factor. She uh, knows how to speak and get a crowd moving. And as far as the issues, I would have to hear first what she's going to say, how she's going to handle issues. Is she going to give everybody a car because they all deserve it and we all should be on welfare kind of thing or not? And then, um, but I, I'm still a Trump supporter. I've, I've been since day one. That well, let me started. ask you. I see her as nothing other than running as a bleeding hard liberal because I think that's in her DNA. Is there any chance that Jill would vote for Oprah as a bleeding heart liberal? Not as a bleeding heart liberal. No way. No, no way. I thought so. Thank you. Based on our conversations before. Mike, you raise an interesting point that I've considered as well. Good morning from St. Cloud. How are you? Good morning again, Bud. Yes, um, I love the Oprah story, but the bottom line is it's really just a red herring. It gives Hollywood cover, change the narrative, yada, yada, yada. But the bottom line is always money. And Oprah Winfrey being the successful bazillionaire like Donald Trump or DT, right. there's, there's a history there that she does not want exposed. And now it would open her finances, open her taxes, mm -hmm. and there'll be questionable things going on. But as we discussed yesterday, remember the, the rules of Donald Trump. Number one, he always wins. And number two, the media will lie about it. But ultimately, for financial reasons, she will not accept. 
Okay, I understand where you're coming from. May not want her private life probed into at that level. And who knows what's there. She's much too cozy with Harvey Weinstein. That's going to be an early problem for her, no doubt about that. Philip and Apopka contemplating a candidacy for president by Oprah Winfrey. Would it draw your vote, Philip? No, it would not. Why? Well, she has a... a, 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 She looks up to Mia Maya. She's a New Age poet, and I've heard her with my own ears say that there's got to be... Well, you're a big fan of Maya Angelou, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I could not vote for a woman that's ungodly like this that spoke up for this uh, New Age poet. She's a New Ager herself. Okay, fair enough. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, We'll take more calls on this, and check the text line, too. Stay tuned on that. Big time focus on the state capital of Florida, Tallahassee, later on this morning. Deb, let's talk about it. Well, Capital City should be a bit more crowded starting today. That's because lawmakers are back in town for the legislative session that will last until March. What was expected to be a surplus in the budget, however, was wiped out instead by rising costs from Hurricanes Irma and Maria. However, that won't stop lawmakers from pushing for millions for local projects, though, including more than $15 million for a new FAMU FSU College uh, College of Engineering building. And that's just part of a $40 million package just coming out of Tallahassee alone for local projects. Okay, big day. Yeah, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Speaking of money, a would-be shoplifter in North Dakota is facing charges after being nabbed by deep snow. Good. The suspect grabbed four grand worth of merchandise from a Hobby Lobby in Minot, or Minot, and rushed out of the store last Minot. week. Minot. Minot, North Dakota. I used to be an old weatherman. That's the only reason I know how to pronounce that. I was going to say, I, and I was trying to remember how. Minot, North Dakota. Minot. There's only like three towns in the state. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> when cops showed up, they found that he'd abandoned the four grand in loot because it was stuck in the snow. Uh-huh. They also discovered that in his haste, the suspect dropped his wallet in the snow. So cops were quickly able to arrest the suspect at his home. Gee whiz. Clueless. I know. Absolutely. Deserves what he gets. Yes. Yeah. He and should have been smarter because he should have robbed a store that sold snow shovels or, you know, a snowblower. Snow yeah, there you go. The Hobby Lobby doesn't scary those, no. I don't think. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Okay. And finally, Toyota and Pizza Hut <laughs> announced a global partnership Monday, bud. That is this could- is what made your tummy rumble during the news break? <laughs> Is that what that was? I said, what is that noise? It was my stomach (laughs) rumbling reading this story. (laughs) All right, go ahead. It was so loud. You might be able to hear it on the air, actually. It's getting ready to go again. Stop it. What is this, like a... Like like a volcano or a geyser, yeah. like oh, on a regular basis at this time of day? Well, yeah, especially okay. when you start doing these kinds of stories. But Toyota and Pizza Hut announced a global <laughs> partnership that could see what? Pizza Hut pizzas delivered in autonomous vehicles designed and built by Toyota. Oh. Yeah, driverless vehicles pulling up with your pizza at this week's CES in Las Vegas, formerly the Consumer Electronics Show. Toyota unveiled a self-driving battery electric concept vehicle called ePallet. Yeah, Toyota plans to test the e-pallet in several regions, including the United States in the early 2020s. The partnership will bear fruit before then, though, and affect vehicles already in use in the Pizza Hut system. What they're going to do, bud, is Mm -hmm. starting this year, Pizza Hut and Toyota are going to jointly test dual communication technology in Pizza Hut delivery vehicles. They're looking to capture data on driver patterns and behaviors 
Pizza Hut, which in case you don't know is the, the nation's largest pizza chain, is looking at using the vehicles not only for pizza delivery, bud, but potentially as mobile kitchens. No kidding. So no they could kidding. come closer to you, prepare the pizza, arriving hotter, fresher? The vehicle would almost be like a rolling oven on wheels. The vehicle would even make the pizza during delivery to ensure the ultimate hot, fresh pizza arrives at customers' doors. What do you think, Yaffe? Is that a winner? I thought we were going to have drones deliver our pizzas. We're, we're at the drone stage right now. Now they're looking at, okay, well, if you can't do drones, like yeah. in a lot of large cities... They wouldn't be able to do drone deliveries. Instead, you would have this autonomous vehicle that would pull up to your door as it's making your pizza. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you say. what, it's either going to be pizzas dropping out of the sky with the drones, <laughs> you know, or crashing into your living room, you know, with a, with a rogue driverless vehicle. Crazy stuff. Thank as, you for it, Deb. As long as there's pizza, I don't care. <laughs> Am I hearing that again? Yeah. It kind of started back up again. I, I got to go. Finish. That was the strangest sound. <laughs> anyway. No, that wasn't it. All right, Deb. Thank you. You're welcome, bud. Man. Okay. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We haven't checked that text line right now, and Yaffe says heavy incoming on the prospect of Oprah Winfrey running for president against Donald Trump in 2020. Do you think she will do it? If she does it, will she be a formidable candidate? Will it be a joke? Could she actually win? And would you vote for Oprah Winfrey? 407 916 5400. I'll give you another crack on the phones on that, and we will check the text line at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Let's listen to Oprah. This was the big moment of the Golden Globe Awards on Sunday night that made all those on the left salivate at the thought of President. Oprah Winfrey, and it did kind of sound like a presidential campaign speech as she went after the sexual harassers in Hollywood. The new day is on the horizon. And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody ever has to say, me too, again. Thank you. Endless name recognition, endless money, Popular, charismatic, smart, great personal story of coming up from nothing, self-made billionaire, lots of elements in place that would appeal to the, to the electorate if Oprah Winfrey ran for president. I am not sure she has a thick enough skin to do it. She's been adored all of her adult life on television, okay? Basically non-controversial with a few exceptions. And, and you know what Trump would do to her even though they've been buddies for years, and you heard the cuts earlier that go back a long time. I want the textures to be uh, heard here on Oprah for President. What are you seeing, Yaffe? Yeah, here's a pretty good text, bud. One person says, up until the present, liberals laughed and called Trump nothing more than a reality talk show host. Yeah. Flash forward to 2018, liberals can't wait to elect a talk show host. 
It is a little so, ir- uh, ironic, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I I also have a bunch of texters that are saying that Oprah is a race baiter. A few mm. texters have saying something like that. One person said, "No way, she won't win. She is a joke." One that's person what they said about Trump. Yeah, just that's saying. Very true. Just saying. One person said this: "Don't be naive. Any skeleton in Oprah's closet will be glossed over by the mainstream media." Yeah, but I don't know that they can hide from the fact that there are countless pictures of her sidling up to. Sexual predator, the disgraced producer Harvey Weinstein. I mean, they're hugging, they're kissing, it's all over the place. And God knows what else there is in that vein with Oprah's past that could destroy her candidacy in this climate early on and make her radioactive to the to the Democrats. So, again, we have a long way to go on this. Roy, good morning from Deltona. Go ahead. Hey. Yeah. Good talk to you, bud. Yeah, make it quick. I'm late. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't think Oprah's a good candidate. We, we, I don't think America's over the marshmallow administration that uh, preceded Trump. Why do so, you call uh, it the marshmallow administration of Obama? What do you mean by that? Well, he just he he wasn't a strong president. He just he didn't enforce our border laws. He was a weak president doesn't make a strong for a strong country well i think he was so wrong on the issues i think he was strong but in the wrong direction wrong on on so many issues all right thank you i appreciate that roy so i don't know where this goes um maybe it's nothing more than a you know a, a parlor game on a show like this for one morning but we'll watch if oprah decides to run keep in mind everybody thought trump was a joke he is president of the united states Happens to be doing, on balance, I think, a heck of a job. Six career national titles for Alabama head coach Nick Saban. Five in nine years with Alabama. Unprecedented run at the highest levels of college football. He made such a gutsy call um, by benching his starting quarterback when they were down 13 to nothing uh, to Georgia. That's about when I bedded down. When I woke up, I flat out could not believe that Alabama had turned this game around and pulled it out. And the key was putting in a freshman from Hawaii by the name of Tua Tagovailoa as quarterback. In overtime, 23-20 Georgia. Here is Tagovailoa, second down and 26 around midfield. 50 yards in the air, game over. Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Unbelievable, right? But we celebrated the UCF Knights undefeated. UCF, the undefeated champs forever, Mike Bianchi says. He and Kravitz from the morning show on 96.9 The Game, our sister station that does sports, uh, were right in the middle of this fabulous block party. It was a packed house on Church Street last night, and they got the crowd whipped up as they presented a national championship trophy to the undefeated UCF Knights. Yeah, it's real simple. You see, 13 and 0 equals national champion. Pretty simple, right? Who cares what anybody says? All right? We are here to present the FM 969 The Game National Championship trophy to the best damn team in the land. UCF, undefeated champions forever. UCF, UCF, UCF. 
Yaffe doing talk with you tonight. Prime time, 8 until 10 on WFLA. Check out all the videos of the stories we've been talking about on the website, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.